0: Welcome to Gaming Dad 101, the show where gamers became dads, and now we're looking for cheat codes. Welcome to episode 39 for the third week of July. I don't even know what week it do. it doesn't matter. Um, I'm one of your hosts, Chris, and joining me as usual, Brian. I
1: think my voice was better than yours when I did it.
0: Yeah. That w- the Chris voice? Yeah. I do we the Chris gonna, voice better. We were going to talk about that. I was going to start the episode like, Hey, welcome to Gaming Dad 101. <laughs> The <laughs> but i don't talk like a bulldog ryan <laughs> i know you're trying to get your voice deeper but i don't sound like a bulldog um i do appreciate you know what is it um mimicking is the sincerest form of flattery so sure thanks man i appreciate it i'm glad
1: you i'm pretty sure me. someone that was really into themselves made up that role
0: and i'm pretty sure that you know people make up weird things all the time and sometimes they're <laughs> right it happens So with that, now we also have our other host, Ricky. What's up? What's up, Ricky? How you doing, man? It's glad to finally be back on the show with you guys. It's like it's been two weeks. It's been too long. Just stop breaking yourself.
1: (laughs) Stop getting sick.
0: No, we'll talk about me in a second. So how you doing, Ricky?
2: I am good. I'm just waiting for this Thursday. I get to drive out to Orlando and just have my nice vacation.
0: Nice, nice. With that said, even though the episode is airing a day late, happy birthday to you. Two. Two. Uh, what? Hey. what? What are you doing, Brian? You're doing drums?
1: I was I was doing like the hype man thing. <laughs> you call that hype <laughs> like God damn. rapper. Brian, no. Well, I mean, not, not from from from
0: the top. From the top. Happy Uh, birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday, the song's going on long enough, but Ricky, happy birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, guys, thank you. So how old are you now, Ricky? I'll
2: be turning, well, yeah, well. No, I'm not sure. Remember,
0: we're talking in the date the episode airs, so it was already your birthday.
2: Exactly. So I have turned
0: 29. All right, man. Congratulations! One more year till you, you know, your body starts to be weird on you. Yeah, Ricky's as old as I am. Well, sort of.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, and speaking of birthdays, it, it just—I just remembered, Brian. I'm looking forward to your birthday. Did you see what you're getting for uh, for your birthday?
1: No, I did not. What you're, am I getting? I'm kind of scared.
0: You're getting Jason Momoa in a fish suit. It's the oh, release day for man. Aquaman. was just announced today.
1: Okay. December oh, really 21st. <laughs> I don't know why they made Aquaman such a bro, but I love Jason Momoa, so I'll probably see it anyways.
0: I mean, I'm sorry, but that's the only way I would have seen it with Jason Momoa. I don't think I would have seen it with anybody else. I don't think they could have pulled it off, to be honest with you.
1: No, he's he, if you look at him he looks like a pretty good aquaman. He's not like the traditional like super blonde aquaman, but he still looks like he could, you know, talk to a couple of fish. Fair enough, fair enough. So, as I was saying, it's
0: great to be back. Since I've been gone for 2 weeks, I enjoyed uh, my little vacation It was a little bit rough. I had a little bit of a couple of issues with uh the children. Um but aside from that, pretty good. It was good to be away. And then I came back and I hurt the living hell out of my back uh, to the point where I'm currently like laying on the floor with an ice pack on my back. So it's wonderful. Um, but aside from that, it's not bad, man. And I've missed you guys. I'm glad, you know, that we're finally recording again.
1: Oh, we missed you
0: too. I know. I'm all sentimental today. But you know what, Brian? Are you going to respond?
1: No no
0: okay well i'm gonna tell you anyway before we continue remember that gaming tad 101 goes live each and every wednesday on podcast services everywhere make sure to subscribe and rate us on all so that you get all the episodes directly to your phone uh, as they are posted and you know again the ratings really help us with more people and more people means we can do cooler stuff you know we're getting close to launching a patreon we're gonna be sharing that information with you guys shortly And by shortly, I mean in the coming weeks, hopefully, so that we can get that started. So go ahead, get more people to listen to us, give us more ratings, let people share the episode, all of that good stuff. So, now, let's talk about games, gentlemen. It's been two weeks. I know you have to have been playing some things, because there's been really nothing else to do. The news have been kind of lax. We've had time to enjoy ourselves. Brian?
1: Uh... I'm sorry, I, I thought I heard my kid wake up for a second. Um, so, I was playing Dishonored for a while, and then when I stopped, I kind of fizzled out, just because the Monster Hunter Summer Festival started up, and that's been pretty damn fun. There's a lot of new armor and things like that. Like, seriously, Capcom still keeps kicking butt, because they announced like, the the new monster that's like a crossover from Final Fantasy, Behemoth. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, that's August 1st in the U.S. is going to be released. So it's literally four new monsters since release, two new monster variants since release, a bunch of new content, constantly releasing new arm. Like, they just, they don't stop. I don't see them stopping for a while either.
0: Not bad, not bad. You know, though, let's see, Ricky, what have you been playing?
2: What have I been playing? Let's see. I have been playing Monster Hunter, Monster Hunter, Monster Hunter, Monster Hunter, Monster Hunter, <laughs> yep.
0: Oh, shut up. Have you, have you actually yep. been playing?
2: Yes. Ricky, go uh, ahead. How yeah. many How
0: many hours, Ricky? Tell them. You tell them.
2: Uh, I bought the game on Thursday, and since Thursday, I already have 30 hours in the game.
1: Not bad. Not bad. And I'm, I'm still a level five. I'm on you, but, you know, whatever. That's <laughs> part of the story, though, bro. It'll pick up after you finish the story itself.
2: Nah. I will say it is it's really honestly it's a really good game. Um the first time that I played it was when my nephew actually came in town. Um he had it on his PlayStation. I played it I literally just played the beginning intro and like the very first two missions. And yeah. to on my defense on the actual on the game's defense, I did not give it a chance. So I actually was like, eh, whatever. It's not, it, it really didn't call out to me the big, at least the very beginning of the game. But uh, over the week, or on Thursday, I was actually looking on, uh, on our famous uh, game store around here, and, uh, and I saw that the, the game price actually had went down to uh, 30 bucks from the normal $60 price range. So I ended up picking up a copy, uh, installed it, started playing it, and here, 30 hours later.
1: See, I have pretty good taste. Now, Chris just needs to get on the <laughs> get on a roll. See what had <laughs>
0: happened about that. So here's here's yeah. the truth. No, 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 no. Here's here's the truth. <clears throat> so um, originally the plan was going to be that as long as my back was better, we were going to stream over the weekend for um. You know, two first-timers joining Monster Hunter type of thing. So we figured it would be pretty cool to share in the group, and it would be cool to share in our Twitch uh, channel since we really haven't been active on Twitch in a while, and uh, I thought it would be interesting to do so. But, um, yeah, no, my back is terrible, as I mentioned. I'm, I'm still laying on the ground right as we speak with an ice pack on my back and um, one of those weightlifting belts on as well to provide extra support just so that i am not crying right now like that's how much pain i'm in so with that said i got to play some games but for the most part they were mobile games so i got to play alchemy 2 um which i don't know if anybody has ever played it before it's essentially doodle god it's a it's the exact same thing as doodle god um it plays the exact same way. You have different elements that you mix together, and you discover new elements. And the the point of the game is to try to discover all living elements. Now, the elements elements is a loose a loose term, because um, for example, one of the elements is a bus. You know what I mean? When you <laughs> the bus element, yeah. <laughs> because at one point you mix. I think it was I mixed metal and metal and metal and metal give you the wheel somehow. And then when you mix the wheel with another wheel, it gives you a uh, bicycle. Then if you mix a bicycle with a bicycle, it gives you a car. A car and a car gives you a bus. They're still called elements. I don't know why. According to this game, there's 700 of them, but okay. Um, It's not bad. Though if you're into this type of game, I would highly recommend just go play Doodle God. Uh, There's Doodle God 1 and Doodle God 2. You can find it on your mobile store, and I believe... There's even a version for PlayStation, and I think there may be a version for Xbox. I'm not sure. You may want to go check that out. But they're really fun. They're time killers. They're one of those things that I prefer it on my mobile because, you know, if I'm just bored standing there, or in my case, laying there, I can just very easily play it one-handed. <clears throat> and, you know, it's a very simple game. Um, I've been playing Pokemon Quest on my mobile phone now. Because they now have the, the uh, have the app for Android. I, I'm assuming they have it for Apple as well. So the sad thing is, no, I wasn't able to transfer over the data from my Switch. That may be because I might have done something wrong. So I still don't know if that's possible. Um but at the end of the day you can still enjoy the game it's actually been enjoying it a lot more on my phone for some reason it plays a lot faster and it's a lot more responsive than on the switch um the screen the touch screen on the switch is not that great it's not as good as a phone so if you try to play a it touchscreen it's kind of a pain the usually have to use the control the joy cons in order to play the game and i don't quite like that Um, so on the phone has been a lot easier for me. And then I've been playing the other super stupid, super time waster, super, I'm on my back the whole time and I can't do anything, uh, super toss the turtle. Um, which is just (laughs) basically one of those, like, learn to, have you ever played, learn to fly? No. Alright, so like, the purpose of this game and pretty much all those other games is you have, in this particular case, a turtle. And you have to launch this turtle as far away and as high, uh, as, high as possible. <clears throat> so the goal is, the further out you throw, the more money you earn so that you can upgrade certain things to fly further out. So you can upgrade like the catapult. You can upgrade uh, some boosters. You can wear bombs on your chest so that you, when you blow them up, they propel you forward. Um... You have several different upgrades like that. And for some reason, I really enjoy those games because they're time wasters. Um, So I've been playing that. And then the one game, the one actual game that I got to play... um, Well, before I get into that, actually... um, Sadly, by the time the episode goes live, I think the sale is over. If not, there might be one more day. But the PlayStation Meteor sale has been going on. So I bought four games. Um, I bought Destroy All Humans 2. I bought Mr. Shifty. I bought... um, I had in time, and I can't remember the last one that I bought. But but either way, if the sale is still going on, maybe go check it. Hopefully it still is. I can't remember right now. Um, but out of those games, I played Mr. Shifty. I was able to play it for a little while. I don't know how long. Sadly, the pain became too much, and I was just not able to sit for too long. But I don't know if you guys have played that game. That game is awesome.
2: I have it for PC. It is pretty awesome. <laughs>
0: Mm -hmm. i have not what's it about all right so essentially you're a thief and you have these powers they don't really quite explain how you have the powers you just can kind of shift it's kind of like a you remember nightcrawler in the x-men movies how he would just like poof and be in another spot well in this particular case you can either you can poof in any direction but only about three feet four feet forward okay so you have about four or five of these jumps that you can do and then they progressively charge as you lose them. Uh, and then you have a meter which is a slow down meter where when you're fighting bad guys, it can slow down time to give you time to get away and shift out. Um, but essentially it's a top down fighter is what it boils down to. It's a top down broiler where you're just going around and you're fighting people to try to get the... Now the writing is not that great so don't don't go for it for the writing but go for it for the the mechanics oh, the and mechanics. the gameplay yeah the, those are amazing but it's um ultra ultra plutonium is what you're trying to steal <laughs> ultra
1: plutonium ultra plutonium cause because it's, it's regular plutonium's not it's not gonna cut it Brian it's not going to
2: <laughs> you yeah.
0: so um I don't know, like I said, my time with that game is awesome. It's a very fast-paced game. You have to be shifting in and out. It's, you kind of have to figure out different puzzles to an extent. Because if you do certain things the wrong way, you will die. You will die by one hit. If you get punched once, you die. If you get shot once, you die. So the game is very unforgiving in that matter. And every time that you finish a chapter, it tells you how quickly you finished and how many deaths you had on that chapter. Um, I think the lowest the lowest death count I had was seven. The highest death count I've had so far was sixty five.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: that sounds it was, pretty intense. It's, it is. I it guess to be fast paced too at the same time. <clears throat> so now you've played it too, Ricky. What did you think about it?
2: No, to me, I loved it. well um, I had my PC working, it, it was. I played it several times. Um, that, and I also got to play it, uh, something that was pretty similar to it. Um, Next Machia, which is basically somewhat of a top-down uh, platforming game as well, where you're basically trying to run through the map, um, shooting other things that are trying to shoot you. Uh, very fast-paced game. Um, so I, I recommend both those two games.
0: Yeah, definitely go out and pick them up,
2: especially if that
0: sale is still going on. So, all right, guys, now that we... Uh, have moved out of that. Uh, I did want to give an announcement about a game that that was announced recently coming to PlayStation 4. Um, Xbox players already have it, and they already know how good this game is. It's a survival game called Subnautica, um, which is actually oh, yeah. finally... It is finally coming to the PS4 by the end of the year. The only problem is they still don't have a date, but the confirmation alone gets me excited. Because I don't know if and have you seen this game, Brian? Have you like closely
1: looked at it? Because it's gorgeous. Oh yeah, I've watched like let's plays of it. It's freaking awesome.
0: It's gorgeous and terrifying, and I have no clue what the hell it really is about, other than you need to somehow survive. And uh, one of our friends uh, over at um, uh, one of our friends over at the uh, pixel, uh, not pixel, uh, that pixel life, Josh. Um, was playing this game, and he has like this huge fear of underwater creatures, but apparently the game was so good that he kept playing it no matter how scared he got, and it was just one of those games that, like, I don't know if it's because of the way he hyped it, or I don't know if it's because of what I, everything else that I've seen, but I need to play this game. So the fact that it's coming to PS4 has me really excited. So.
2: Yeah, I was, I was actually looking at this game, because I, I want to say it's also available for PC, so I was actually I looking so. at it for my actual PC. Um, I think, I can't remember the actual uh, story behind it, but it's somehow they're basically stranded in a planet where it's basically water, and now they have to uh, basically create a new civilization underwater. Nice. Okay. So you're just like a space explorer or something? So, yeah, something along those lines to where basically your ship gets stranded underneath the uh, water and now you're basically trying to expand your habitat within your spaceship and make it into basically your own town underwater. I'm not sure if I'm actually giving the correct contents for the game, but <laughs> overall, it does look beautiful.
1: Um, it's like a, it's like a if you were to take Minecraft and make it more about exploring, yeah, a, uh, w- ocean. It's pretty much what happens with it. And yeah, but definitely not blocky. Like that. That's for sure. Oh, definitely not. It's no, very yeah. good looking, and it, but it's still pretty terrifying because there's like some monsters there. <laughs> <creepy.
2: laughs> nice. So
1: all Maybe right, guys. I guy, watched it. it, and one the one dude was like, "How is this possible?" Well, the guy that I was watching. <laughs>
0: Oh, man. So, I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully, it's it's really good. It's, I, it's got an awesome reviews. If you're an Xbox player, go check it out. Tell me all about it. Or don't. Actually, tell me whether you liked it or not. That's what I want to hear. Because um, I really want to get it. So, with that, let's go ahead and move on to the news, everybody. So, on the ticket for today, the first thing that we're seeing is the Nintendo Theme Park is finally anticipated to arrive on 2020 Uh, in time for the 2020 Summer Olympic Games in Tokyo at Universal Studios Japan. But what is most interesting that has been announced, it seems that due to concerns about what the park would be like and how sales would progress during one of the shareholders meetings, information was given out that the park is actually going to be very, very much so interactive. And one of those where it seems they're going to look... For ways and uh, trying to entice, trying to entice people to bring their devices with them and to bring their games, uh, like offering kind of like DLC, perhaps similar to anybody who's ever been to that gaming store where they make you stop in, and um, during their midnight releases and they have like DLC content for special events and things of that nature. There's been talk about things like that. There's been talk about other stuff. It sounds very exciting. What do you guys think? What about you Ricky? What how do you think that is it a good idea? Is it a bad idea? Are you looking forward to
2: it? Um, I mean, <laughs> Looking forward to it in Japan. I don't think I'll be traveling over there anytime soon. But, uh... Well, it does <laughs> well, it does go to show two. And the
0: other thing that I did forget to mention, and we've talked about in the past uh, briefly, um, I can't remember if it was a rumor or not at the time, but it's finally been confirmed, even though this is opening in Tokyo, it is coming to Universal Studio locations, uh, both in Florida and in California. So they are going to be coming to the States
2: that's cool now uh when it comes see and to be honest i was actually thinking about it about this like a very long time ago thinking it's like why doesn't nintendo make their own theme park um especially if they can make it uh very creative with the actual video games that they have very interactive uh for example you know let's use uh, mario odyssey do something to where um Oh, perfectly simple. Uh, right now they have cereal boxes. I have one in my uh, in my pantry, where you basically go once you finish a level, you go to uh, the Amiibo, Mass Doctor Amiibo, whatever it's called, that you actually get to go. Yeah. And you scan your your little Amiibo box that you get from the cereal, and you get special surprises. Um, something similar around those things where you can basically, like you said, go to a specific store. Um, or a specific stop within the actual theme park where you can get extra prizes and things like that exclusive to those uh, to those theme park and then of course make it to where you can rotate you know different events. Um, you can have special sales and things like that within your theme, your theme park um, that way you can actually attract more people not to only just have an actual theme park but on ways to actually uh, extend your sales and things like that. Um, because I know right now that there's a, a Nintendo store up in, uh, it's in New York, in uh, Town Square.
0: Yeah, there's one in Town Square. So,
2: yeah, so something basically, something like that, but now closer to us over here, you know. Orlando, hello, hey! <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't mind going, because I really, I've, I've honestly really thought about going up to New York, at least when I go visit family, to make it a priority to actually make it to that store, you know, just to be able to see it and just have that experience of me walking in the store. But if we can build one of those in the U S Hey, I'm down at least not in the U S since we have one, but in Orlando, Hey, I'm down.
0: Okay. What about you, Brian? Do you think, do you think it's a good idea, but I'm also going to ask you this, how would you make it
1: interactive? So, I mean, they've done kind of things like that in the past where they've, at least coupled with uh, different theme parks, like, for instance, Ricky, since you're playing Monster Hunter now, that USJ questions <laughs> for Universal Studios Japan. <laughs> no, for real, though. Like, they have a Universal Studios Japan quest where you get the Azure Star-Lord sword right now uh, up in the summer event. So they do minor things like that, but to make a theme park and actually commit a lot of product to it, that would be pretty smart. And I think for, like... Interactivity, you know, maybe set up VR stations for one, or have like you know 4D rides and things like that. Uh, that you can basically play a game Mario in the 4D ride. That'd be pretty. Cool. Probably be you know something cool. I would play the. Out I mean, I would play the heck out of that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, so that was it. Okay, so making a note to cut that out. So, how would you make it interactive?
1: I mean, like, I don't know, like, see, this is where you lose me, because I'm not, I don't go to theme parks. <laughs> You've never not been? often. I mean, I haven't been to Universal Studios ever. Okay, so then
0: put it this way. What could Mr. Nintendo, and yes, I'm calling him Mr. Nintendo, what could Mr. Nintendo say to you? that would make you go, oh, man, all right, we're going, we're going. That's it. Pack up the kids, let's go. I
1: think having, like, 4D playable games, like I was talking about. You know how they have the 4D rides where, like, there's an animal that walks behind you, it breathes on you, and you've got, like, the big screens, VR setups? Mm -hmm. I think having, like, a playable game of Mario in 4D where, like, you hear the sounds... And like you feel the ocean if you're like near the beach or things like that, like breezing breezes and things like that, that would be pretty cool. And That'd be pretty sweet. For some reason, I keep imagining that.
0: Do like, I'm kind of imagining that sense. tied to the Switch. Can you imagine that too? Like if you could take the Switch soon. on there and it like interacted with the ride.
1: The like you Brought your Switch.
0: Ooh, the Joy-Cons or the Switch? Yeah. Or,
2: or the the whole thing, man. That okay a See, VR a VR Pokemon Go game basically you have the mobile pokemon ball that you can use to actually play and try to catch uh pokemon why not bring that into a ride and basically put a helmet on and make you feel like you're an actual pokemon trainer in the world trying to catch you know actual pokemons there you go mr
1: nintendo we the have fact ideas you for you. them pokemons
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> i'm sorry it's <laughs> just
0: <clears throat> He can't, he can't help it. It's the, the it's the latin blood in him. It's it's what it is. <laughs> I just it
1: was funny, all was
0: all that all that, you know, spice has to go somewhere and the essence
1: <laughs> Holy hell, oh my god. That was Jesus Christ. So we're <laughs> sorry so if that popped anybody's speakers.
0: <laughs> I, I, I will try to lower the volume on that in editing. It's going to be a edit heavy episode. So <laughs> With that said, <laughs> Mr. Arriba, <laughs> the, the next story is all yours.
2: All right. So the basically the next story, uh, I found it uh, in a Forbes article. And basically it talks about, I'm not sure if many people in the gaming community have actually heard of um, blockchain. Brian, have you ever heard of that before? Or are you, uh, Chris? I had
1: no clue. When I read the article, I had to look it up. Yeah, no, I've never heard of it
2: So basically this is a platform that was technically developed for cryptocurrency You know and those type of uh, Currencies, you know, your your light, you know, your bit light your all those different types. Yeah, exactly so apparently um, What's going on is they're trying to bring that technology over to <clears throat> to the video game industry so for my understanding on how the platform basically works is you'll be able to actually uh own on um, in-game assets so for example just like uh with bitcoins and things like that you can buy you can trade you can sell when it comes into the gaming aspect you can basically let's say you find a sword on a on a retro game or something and you're using that sword throughout the game. You get tired of using the sword you've outgrown the sword and you basically decided that you just want to trade the sword to somebody else. So instead of somebody going and actually purchasing a sword, you can actually, you own the rights to it and you can transfer that sword over. Now the way that it's basically being able to work with, Video games nowadays and the way that developers can technically use this uh, platform is basically they can say, "Okay, I'm going to make a specific in game item and I can either do I can either do it as there's an X amount of the specific item that we're going to have within the game. So you can kind of make it as a a rarity um, thing to it. Uh, we can allow you to trade the specific items to this specific games. So you can actually, for example, you can probably get a, a sword from uh, God of War and you say you want to have that and play it over in um, Minecraft. You can technically trade that item into a different game and actually continue using that specific in-game item. Now, let's say that, for example, uh, again, going back to a retro game or uh, even modern games, basically, that nobody's playing because it's now been several years, and then the actual servers to the games are basically now shut down and you have no access to any of those contents that you basically spent money on. Uh Those contents basically are going to have a monetary value where you can technically melt those items down. or Those are the key terms that they're using. You can technically grab that item, melt it down, and you can basically redeem the value of those specific items that you currently had on a game that you're no longer going to be able to play. So with that said, um, some of the <laughs> engines that are currently buying into it You have the Unity uh, Agent, you have the Unreal 4 Engine, Goldot Engine, and the Lumber Yard Engine. So you have a lot of potential games, and there's currently some games that you can actually uh, do this as of today.
0: Okay, so
2: a couple questions,
0: because here's... I wanted to end that by saying simple, right? But it's everything but... (laughs) Um, (laughs) That's why I, I wanted you to take this story on hold, because to be honest with you, I'm, I'm a little confused, and I guess part of that confusion is, what you're transferring over, is it purely, um, how do I, and the word just escaped me, um, aesthetic, there you go, is it purely aesthetics, or is it like, for example, in the example of the sword that you said, you know this is the legendary sort of blah 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 it does a thousand hit damage. does the damage transfer with it as well, or you see that's the part that I'm slightly confused on because how for that for this system to work, I feel that all video games would have to potentially be within one of those four engines and at the same time the programming from one game can't differ too much from another because how does it know? You know what I mean? Like, does it make sense, or am I, like, kind of making it even more confusing?
2: No, you're good. Um, You just got to remember, this is a platform that is being introduced and developed for the gaming industry. This is a platform that currently exists within the cryptocurrency market. Those are basically examples that they're presenting to the different game companies um, to try to bring mm. them on board. So it's because, a, so
0: strictly for game developers. It's not for everyday you and me.
2: Uh, well, everyday you and me are going to be able to have access. The way that so. game developers are going to basically are going to be able to take advantage of the monetization is, for example, let's say a free-to-play game. You have... You know the game is free to play, but you can buy all different kind of um, accessories, all different kind of uh, weapons and things like that. All of that stuff can either be um, quantitized to where they say, "Hey, we're only going to have X amount of quantity come out year one," and throughout the months, we're going to give you X amount of uh, of those specific items um, once you purchase it those items are technically going to belong to you, and you can technically either trade that item or sell that item. So, in other words, any kind of money that you're spending, to a certain extent, you can gain some of your money back from the actual game. Hmm.
1: So, here's my thought. This is what it sounds like to me. Has either of you ever watched Sword Art online?
0: No.
2: No. (laughs) (laughs)
1: So... So, so it's it, like this thing you've example, never it's, watched. This is and it's it, this exactly is it sounds like that. This is what it sounds like. I mean, so in Sword Art Online, without spoiling anything, at the end of the first season, like the information of the game that they're playing gets released out into the internet, and basically it's like a developer kit where people could base their games off of the game that they were trapped in. You know, with, hopefully without trapping people uh, again. <laughs> But anyways, like it sounds to me like almost universalizing the item systems that they're talking about or the costumes and things like that to where, like, say, I'm playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey and I buy something off of the market that this uh, system is attached to. Like, say, I buy, you know, a specific outfit for an Indonesian assassin. There you go. Now, they have another game where that same item is available. That transfers over to that second game, maybe with, like, a fee or something like that. Is, is that kind of what I'm understanding,
0: Ricky? See, this is the way, before Ricky goes in, just so I could explain the, the what I think I got from his earlier explanation to the explanation. Um the way that I'm seeing it is that this sounds like a benefit for indie developers, and it sounds like a benefit for modders, and it sounds like a benefit for people who are looking to get started in video games. Because it kind of sounds like what you're saying is, there's this market that has always existed. And for example, um, I can't remember the name of a moba uh, of the MOBA, but there was this MOBA that just recently got shut down. Um, it was on PlayStation. Rune-Scaved. Paragon. Nope, Paragon. Paragon. Uh, So Paragon got shut down. And if you remember, we covered the story. They released, I think it was $1.5 million or uh, worth of materials into the Unreal Engine store. Okay? So if I'm understanding correctly, what this means is that... Everybody that has access to, everybody's going to be able to have access to anything on the Unreal Store. Everybody's going to be able to have access to anything in the Unity Store. And you can use those props in whatever game you're designing or whatever you are designing because when you purchase them, you're basically licensing them for your personal private ownership and use. So that they, you can then turn around and say, okay, I found the axe from God of War. I think that axe would be really cool in this video game I'm making about Norse mythology. I'm going to buy that and I'm going to put it in this other game. That's the way that it sounds like to me. But because, again, it's one of those where I'm wrapping my head around the other possibility where you tell me, for example, the costume in Assassin's Creed is not going to somehow work in Star Wars you know what i mean they're programmed differently so i'm thinking if you're buying the asset you can buy the asset but then you can put it in whatever material you want and spec it so that it fits whatever you want it to do
2: to a certain extent both of you guys are correct
0: wow okay
2: so yes. so this pro- <laughs> this platform actually has the capability to be something great Or it basically has the capability of basically just destroying everything. With great
0: power comes great responsibility.
2: Exactly. Because this is now, again, this is not a platform that is 100% developed for video games. Right now, what this article basically talks about is how this program works and how it can potentially be used currently with video games. Now, some of the other examples that they're also using that can potentially either hurt or gain um, things within the video game industry is for example, right now video games are what, sixty bucks. Yeah. And you're not, and you're not technically, you know, it's an upfront fee. You're not really not every single game are, are good, so you don't know if you're really if you're spending your sixty dollars, you don't know if the value of the that like you're spending is actually going to be worth the actual video game. Some of the other examples that they're using is basically that instead of you paying the upfront 60 bucks, is you're paying a fee for however many hours you're technically playing the game as well. So there's <clears throat> on how you can technically use this system. Um, that's why technically the way that Brian explained it, it's. Uh, partially correct and the way that you explain it is also partially correct
0: jeez
2: you see i fear that
0: because it just sounds so much more complicated and we're already having an issue with loot boxes and things of that nature do we really need more microtransactions or do we really need the possibility of more microtransactions part of the reason why i'm a console gamer is because i just want to plug things in and go you know what I mean? I don't want to sit there and mod and do this and that all the time. And mods are fun and, and they have their place. But realistically, I, like I said, I just want to plug in and go. And this just sounds like it would make things so much more complicated. But at the same time, it like you said, it could make things
2: really cool. I don't know, man. I'm not convinced. Like I said, this is just something that is up to discussion. Um, many people can see it different ways. Uh, again, there's a lot of potential to this platform, and there's a lot of negativity towards this platform. We'll see what happens in the future.
0: Are you excited? What
2: do, What do you think? I'm still up in the fence, uh, to be honest, just cause... I don't know. I mean, I do, yes, I do play video games, but I'm not the type of player that actually spends that much money in, um, in-game, in you know, uh, Items, yeah, uh, being it could be you know shark cards for uh, GTA, drag, GTA, you know it could be uh, virtual currency for NBA, you know like, I'm not really a microtransaction kind of person, so to me technically I have no benefit um, within those descriptions that they're currently talking for this.
0: Okay, what about you, Brian?
1: Uh, I mean, a lot of these things, it really depends on execution. It's like, you get a game like Grand Theft Auto V where the microtransaction and things like that is done very well. Same with Fortnite. Or you get a game like Star Wars Battlefront 2 where the microtransactions break the game. You know, like, if we're talking about it being community-wide, again, Ricky's pretty right, it makes it even riskier to do something like this. So... I don't I don't really know how I feel. I'm kind of iffy. If it's if it makes it easier for you to get into games faster, like say have stuff to start a game with, then that's good. But oh, and my son's awake. So there's that. <laughs> Damn. So yeah. Um I don't know, I'm iffy as to how things work out. we'll see that's that's where i stand
0: we'll see all right fair enough so with that said let's go ahead and move on to a little bit happier news or news that may interest certain people out there um so as we know the switch has been unfortunately pretty inconvenient in terms of you know plugging in headsets and things of that nature now, there's a new device called the Genki, which plugs right into the USB-C port that lets you use your wireless headsets. So that you can stream your game not only to one headset, but apparently it does it to two. So it's one of those where you can actually uh, share it with whoever's next to you if you want to do multiplayer and that sort of things of that nature. The cool thing is it doesn't just work with it. In handheld mode it also plugs in it's just a regular USB so it can even plug into the actual dock so you can use it that way and you can use wireless headsets at home as well now the one thing that I I didn't read I don't know if uh, you guys maybe have seen it or heard about it is whether it would actually do a headset with a microphone whether it would actually transmit as well Um, but it sounds like a very simple solution to what Nintendo previously very much complicated what do you guys think Brian
1: I don't know why they didn't just put Bluetooth in the switch. Would it really have made it that much bigger or more expensive? But having but you know, having this, you know, is a good good option for people who have wireless headsets. I will say that's that's a good thing. It's just that, you know, like for one of the things expensive is like forty bucks for this little like two inch cube you plug into your switch.
0: Yeah. But I mean look at what it lets you do. And I mean you were talking about why didn't it come with Bluetooth already installed? I mean, if this little thing is about 40 bucks, maybe that's why. Maybe they were trying to spare you the extra 40 bucks.
1: I suppose, but it's still, I like, I'm, I mean, I'm not personally getting it because I don't really care. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, I have my headset and it's wired. I like wired anyways better than wireless. But, you know, for those of you who have wireless headsets, I guess it's a good option for you guys. Fair enough. What about you,
0: Ricky? Are you going to be picking it up?
2: Me, personally, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll be straight to the point, no. I won't be getting it. Um, just like Brian said, I, I barely play the game anyways with headsets. That's um, basically I'm not being put in those type of situations where I need to have a headset to be able to play the game. Yeah. So in the times that I do get to play it, that I do need a headset, I'm not that's very far few. you. So to me, this is not a device. I mean, it's a cool concept. You know, it gives you an options basically to be able to, um, to now use your wireless headsets and especially where it's good. If you're doing some type of couch co-op, um, and you're able to plug up to basically two different headsets and play together and actually listen to each other, that'd be great. But, since wire connections don't really let you do that, unless you buy additional adapters, which they are available. Um, but besides that, I mean, overall, it's a cool concept. I won't be getting it.
0: Fair enough. I mean, we do a show called Gaming Dad 101. Clearly, we have more pressing budgetary issues that we need to take care of <laughs> before we buy this device, especially like, because... Picking up my
1: copy of Octopath. <laughs>
0: Like, picking up a copy of Octopath, apparently. So, (laughs) I lost my train of thought completely, Brian. Point is, we're dads. We're not going to waste money on something silly. But, if you're out there and you're one of those people that had a wireless headset, maybe this is worth it. Because, I don't know about you, but I do have friends that had wireless headsets that they um, used to use with, you know, the PlayStation or the Xbox One. this may be one of those things that may help you be able to use them again. Or, you know what I mean? Find any other way of um, having more of that hands-free rather than just kind of more devices. But unfortunately, it is one of those cases where even though Nintendo is portraying this as the portable device, at this point, it's kind of becoming the device full of dongles that you need to plug in just to be able to do certain things. Um, So that's kind of like the shame about it. But who knows? Maybe Brian's, you know, prophecy of the uh, Switch Pro will one day come true.
1: Yeah. Hey, some people like dongles being put into things. So, uh, yeah. (laughs) Watch what you say, man. They're called Uh, dongles, um, Brian. Okay. I mean,
2: that's what uh, they're called. I will say, just like I said, I personally will not buy it. Now, if you want to gift it to me, that's my birthday gift. I'm all open for it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Fair enough. Good to
0: know. Good to know. All right. With that, as we've, we've been talking about it since E3 ended, things have been slow in the news world out there. To be perfectly honest and upfront with you guys, we're recording this episode on Monday, and the only news today, for example, anywhere that you can find is Amazon Prime Day. So, hope you guys took advantage of Amazon Prime Day. Um, but aside from that, unfortunately, there hasn't been that much news, but we did find this one and I wanted to kind of we wanted to bring it up and because it was pretty interesting. It seems that a report by routers has now officially named gaming as the bigger form of entertainment uh, in the world essentially, stating that last year the gaming industry produced an estimated revenue of 116 billion dollars, which beat out TV TV streaming services uh, and 105 billion uh, and let me see. 116, 16 105 billion and that's as close as the industry wars got. Apparently the movie industry only made 41 billion and the music bi- uh, business only made about 17 and apparently gaming is still growing by about 10.7%. So not bad for a little, you Good know. job guys. Not bad for a time killer where our parents used to yell at us when mm-hmm. we were kids for quote unquote wasting our time.
1: Right? Well, my
0: parents <laughs> never did that, but still Oh, my parents, you know, to this day, try to, like, put down video games every now and then until I catch them playing. And then it becomes one of those, like, uh-huh, uh-huh, what were you saying? Tell me about that again.
1: So yeah, get off your bubble pop game. Mom. <laughs> what do you think, Ricky? you are er- playing Angry Birds.
2: What was that? I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 Mr. Angry Bird over there. With now, a- um...
0: The entertainer business, being with the video games no, yeah. beating out everything else, what do you, what do you think? Does was, that make you feel proud? Uh,
2: I was I was just joking with all that, but yeah, no, uh, heck, yeah, it makes me proud. It Gives me uh, something where I can definitely say, see, I have not been wasting my time. Video games are making money, so see, let me be a programmer dad. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but I will say, um, when it comes to video gaming, do you? This is, and this is gonna be a fun little tidbit. Do you know which, uh, type of gaming, uh, uh, how can I explain this? Okay. So do you know out of, uh, microtransactions and all that stuff, do you know which systems are the ones that generate the most money? Hmm. I would say
0: mobile. Yeah, definitely mobile. Um, And just because I feel like they would count this in their online casinos, even though I don't think it should be counted.
2: Okay, pretty good. Um, You basically have uh, the mobile industry makes uh, $59 billion uh, out of this. And then you have PC games um, actually create $33 billion. And then the rest is divided by the remaining um, consoles.
1: Hmm. I believe actually, that. That makes perfect yeah.
2: sense. But Sounds most,
1: all right. of, most of esports comes from PC gaming. <clears throat>
2: but yeah, I actually read that today, so I thought it was pretty cool, and then it tied in pretty good to this article as well, so.
0: Yeah. So there you go. You guys, we've accomplished something. We're better than TV and all other media. All right. High fives. Pat yourselves on the back.
1: <laughs> yeah. so for all those idiots that wanted to be movie stars in high school. <laughs> Y'all should have became game developers or pro gamers. Yeah, drama
2: queens. Stupid. <laughs> wow.
1: Seriously though, if if that was you, we're we're just kidding.
0: <laughs> Way to go, Brian. Always insulting people. Speaking of that No <laughs> Speaking of that. We're going on to uh, our parenting discussion topic of the week. Uh, This is a topic that Brian posted in our Facebook group. Um, Brian.
1: So neo-Nazis are recruiting kids through video games, apparently. Yeah.
0: Yeah,
1: Yeah, that's the, yeah. So when you, when we were, when I was first reading this article, I was like, oh, you mean like people being racist and stuff? Like that's nothing new. And then, no, like, there's a video in the article where a neo-Nazi is on Fortnite over comms, like, spitting rhetoric all over the place. Now, of course, everybody that's on comms is, like, laughing their butts off because they think it's a joke, but this dude's, like, clearly dead serious. And it's it's pretty terrifying, like, being a parent, it's pretty terrifying thinking that my kids are going to play video games One day and that there's going to be people trying to turn them to the alt-right movement or, you know, whatever's worth, Antifa, uh, you know, Martha Stewart. I don't know. Martha Stewart? Okay, then. (laughs) That was the first thing that came to mind, but whatever. I don't like her. Uh, Besides the fact, uh, it's just because, you know, me growing up gaming, I I grew up used to the people being racist pricks and things like that or kids swearing you know because the parents don't maintain them or anything like that but now we gotta worry in addition to that freaking people trying to recruit them to racist movements like come on or whatever else might happen who knows maybe al-qaeda is going to start their own thing
0: who's who's to say they haven't already yeah
1: we're having already yeah like i haven't thought about that and like it's concerning But also, I'm not really worried. I know. Why is that? Because for me, I know that it's a direct reflection of the way that I raise my kids when they get into video games, how they respond. Yeah, I know, dude. It's crazy. Uh, (laughs) The way that they're going to respond to people when they talk to them on the microphone. know it's it's a reflection of what i'm going to do in order to make sure that my kids understand that those people of one don't represent a large portion of the community of wherever we're living but two that whatever they're spewing is just hate and don't let it you know affect you so that in that respect i'm not worried because i'm confident that i can teach my kids to stay away from that kind of stuff
0: Okay. What are your thoughts on this, Ricky?
2: I mean, I'm, I pretty much agree with uh, what Brian said. Um, it basically now boils down to where, yes, it sucks that we technically have to talk to our kids, you know, that everybody's, you know... In other words, having those equal rights conversations with your kid and understanding that at the end of the day, you know, <laughs> everybody... Everybody is human, you know, we're all made out of flesh and skin, you know, we're all made out of the same type of blood, you know it, It's sad that that's just an additional type of conversation that we actually have to have with them But as long as you actually teach them, you know, though It's and this is where it becomes basically a very fine line where you are trying to teach them what's right and what's wrong because everybody's value difference uh to, the, to those specific words, to what's technically right and what's technically wrong. But, I mean, just uh, just talk to your kids, you know, just let them know that, you know, it doesn't mean because you you have a different type of skin color. It doesn't mean because you have different type of hair, your eyes look different, you know, you have different accents. At the end of the day, you're human, you're one person, and that's why you need a value instead of, People, you know trying to recruit you for nonsense stuff
0: okay fair enough now I'm gonna go ahead and turn it over to our Facebook group Uh, one of our Facebook members Dominic Perini uh, I'm gonna read this Uh, these types of people have been around forever we can minimize it but we can't 100% get rid of for as long as these people who are members continue to teach to their children Um, essentially the only thing we can do is teach our own kids not to think this way. It all starts in the home. And then listener in front of the show as well, John Sinta, hate perpetuates hate. And unfortunately this nation seems to be dwindling further into the reality currently. Only when people rise up and say no more can change occur. As parents, this task lies with us, not some government entity. It's up to us to teach our kids about our mistakes and help them down a path that hopefully prevents their repetition. And unfortunately to to an extent both of them are right there's these things are happening more and more we're seeing with the rise of social media with the political climate around the world things are starting to come more to face and it's i'm one of the people that i apparently lived in a different reality from everybody else because i didn't realize that things were quite this bad i mean i've dealt with you know some racism and things in my life but I never felt that it was to the level that things are at the way that they are now. But I guess to an extent, because of the way things are now, it's kind of where I'm drawing my strength to decide to no, this is not going to continue with my children. I refuse to let this continue with my children and my children will know better. My children will not know color other than to say, You know, other than to just basically say different people of different colors are the same. Other than, you know, to enjoy colors for what they are, not to judge people, but what shade of them they are, you know, or what nationality or what sexual orientation or whatever the case. And unfortunately, yes, it is one of those things that now lies with us and we have to fight through what is currently happening and the ugly face of what's showing. But I think we can make it. We so far this generation has made amazing strides in technology and everything that could possibly um, we could possibly think of that has improved mankind ridiculously. Why wouldn't we not be able to get rid of this? So it as everybody has mentioned so far in, in this discussion, it really is about what's going on in the house and teaching kids what is right versus what is wrong and making sure that you are getting your information from the right sources to, and to the right people. So,
1: that is... Uh, I think you missed your opportunity to use a Martin Luther King voice. <clears throat> uh, should, maybe I should see if
0: I can find some gospel music to put in the back of my speech. <laughs> if it will rise up! If we will rise up and stop <laughs> this racism right now!
1: Oh my goodness. Jesus... I mean, Look, we all bleed the same and you hold controllers the same, so just chill out, guys. Well,
0: no, yeah, the yeah. Holding controller controllers the same, not really. What about the handy capable, Brian? Some of them can't hold it the way. That's it really what the
1: way. Xbox adaptive controllers for
0: it's almost like we're sponsored by them
1: but we're not i would love to be sponsored by microsoft <laughs>
0: if they're out here do you know how awesome that would be oh of course i know how awesome it would be so if you know anybody at microsoft anybody listening please feel free to go ahead and contact us at info at or find us on twitter um so <laughs> moving on our parenting cheat code of the week this week Comes from another friend of the show and listener, and I'm going to say his name because Brian's afraid to. James Kindlesberger. So go ahead, Brian. Take still it away. Don't want to mess up his last name. Well, be <laughs> you know. brave. He's a very nice gentleman. He would have forgiven you.
1: mean, yeah, I know he is, but still. Anyways, uh, his his cheat code oh, is goodness. pain in the bath because I knew you yeah, just blanked. Thank you, I would just <laughs> yeah, I just blanked out. So pain in the bath was his cheat code, and um. Uh, it starts off with if you're a parent, giving your kids a bath tends to be, at least from my experience and from what I know from Ricky. Well, not Ricky because he doesn't give his kids baths. His wife does. And we'll Chris's <laughs> in Chris's uh, experience, in my
0: experience, I don't bathe my children. Uh, I basically wash alligators that are wrestling
1: each other and, and everything. There you else. go. And, and I'm more or less the same. So it's it's a pretty <laughs> stressful. It's it can be a fun time for your kids but it can also be pretty stressful so he had some solutions based on like how his child i don't remember if he has a daughter or son i apologize man i'll look later he he but, has uh, he has
0: a daughter there and, we go and, and his son is the one that's coming that's honestly right. it's either this week or next week i'm going to take i'm going to think it's next week so that's where I've had it scheduled, on the 40th week. I'm probably going to check with him again. I already have the son's name. I'm just not going to say it in the air till the week of, because I want to keep that on the down low, because I don't know. He, I think he said it's okay to read, but just in case, I'm going to double check.
1: But <laughs> well, anyways, it's pretty awesome that, one, we were actually growing with our listeners that their families are growing with the program too i know isn't but also that's that's pretty cool i had to make a note of that But anyways his daughter has had some trouble with getting soap in her eyes and things like that in the bath which i mean who doesn't have that problem every once in a while so he actually went to uh his hardware store and bought some supplies to actually modify his shower so that it has like a little uh a little shower head for her that she can like hold and spray or that you can use yourself. Uh, he said the kit costs like around, what was it like 20 bucks, 20 bucks or something like that. But the point is, is that there's a lot of different tricks that every parent uses to make bath time as easy as possible. And it's a good opportunity to share some of those cumulatively so that we all become better as a whole parents. So, I mean, on my end, like for one, Nolan, my oldest, for the life of him cannot get any water in his eyes whatsoever. <laughs> like, he, can't, he can't let the water touch his eyes. He starts freaking out. And I mean like full on like thinks he's going to die. Like He's really ta- – for some reason he's really scared of getting water in his eyes. He starts crying and everything. Yeah, like, I, and I don't know where this stems from because he's fine in the pool. He doesn't care water gets his eyes in the swimming pool. Yeah, but so the, anyway, shower water has soap and it gets it clean and that's the problem. Well, it's even if it's just clean water touches his eyes. No, that's
0: my point. He doesn't want to be clean, Brian. He oh, wants to yeah. be dirty.
1: And he wants to be dirty. He wants to be a stinky, dirty. Yeah, well yeah, I believe that. That's what boys so are. What we do...
0: boys are just want to be stinky and dirty the whole time.
1: I can I mean, say that, I'm really a boy. Just... <laughs> I mean I don't speak for yourself, no, I...
2: exactly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but uh so what we do is that we actually found a Target... at I think it was at Target. Um they have these pictures for kids baths and this water pitcher is actually made of uh, rubber so it's flexible so you can actually take the pitcher and press it to your kid's forehead and lean their head back and the water will just run over their hair and stay out of their eyes and you know another thing that we found that actually helps him out a lot is we let him work the shampoo into his hair and we let him scrub, scrub. oh these are cool yeah Killian has some things to say about this too <laughs> nice. so I'm bringing him in on this conversation But, um, is it uppies are cool? Is that what you're saying? (laughs) Yeah. So, he's in my lap. So, yeah. Another thing that we do is we let him scrub himself and we let him put his his shampoo in his hair. And that tends to help him because then he builds some confidence. Like, oh, yeah, I can do it on my own. He doesn't really worry so much at that point because it's fun at this point when he's doing it. Mama's not here. Uh, and Killian, Killian's a champ, though. He doesn't have any problems in the bath at all. He actually, like, tries to swim in the bath water. It's kind of funny. That's pretty cool.
0: So, Ricky, what what is your experience with the baths? Because before we get into mine, because I feel yours
2: is going to be shorter. <laughs> no, actually, my only issue with the bath is actually trying to take them out. Um, believe it or not, Ice they sets. actually... Yes, they actually love bath time. Especially when I, well... When, when I take my daughter back, because mainly I take the my oldest a bath and I let her basically do everything. I try to teach her independence, you know, soap your own self, water your own self. All I'm really there is just to make sure that I'm helping you with your upper back, with the areas that you cannot reach, and just to make sure that she's cleaning all the right areas as well. Make sure you don't drown, um, too. Ah well, she's she's pretty tall. <laughs> I'm not I'm not really afraid of that. At least, at least with the oldest one, I'll, I'll be more scared with the youngest one. She's a little bit more wild than my oldest, but hey, that's a whole different story for another Chico. Um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, no. It, Honestly, my girls love the water. They love taking a bath, especially when my wife puts both of them together. She actually felt pretty brave to actually put both of them on the the tub together. And the baby, she was just completely having a blast in the water. So unfortunately, I don't have any tips because I personally and me personally, my wife, have not came across an issue with bath times with our girls.
0: Man, you lucky SOB. I fight with mine to get in. I fight with the oldest to get out, and I sometimes fight with the youngest to get out, but the youngest one is a little bit easier to get out. But essentially, I have two bath, well, three bathroom routines. <clears throat> I have bathroom routine number 1, which is for the oldest. Just the oldest when he's going to take a shower. That 9 times out of 10 consists of getting in shower. Wash your hair, dry this, shampoo that, get out, now. <laughs> that's it. And that's basically <laughs> because the, the problem is is that, and this is, I'm talking more about, like, this is a school night. You know what I mean? Like, during the summer, doesn't matter, whatever, play in the shower. That's scenario number three. But when we're talking school night, like, you have to be on top of him because, unfortunately, he gets very very much distracted very easily. So if you're not there to, like, hey, take a shower, he he will literally stay hours. First of all, he fought you and screamed because he didn't want to take a shower. He finally gets in the shower, and then he doesn't want to get out. It makes no sense whatsoever, but there you go. That's children in a nutshell for those listening who don't have kids yet.
1: <laughs> he, he's a stinky uh, dude, too, isn't he?
0: No. Well, yes and no. The thing is, he is constantly going and running, running, and going, and going, and going, and he sweats like there's no tomorrow. So... Is he normally stinky? No. Can he get stinky? Very easily so. So it's like an in-between. Like when he when he's playing hard, yes, he's horrible. Like like I want to throw away his clothes and with him in it, type of horrible. Um but aside from that, not usually like if he's if he's calm and he's not like sweating and stuff, he's fine. So that's bathroom routine number one. The only advice I can give in a situation like that where you have a child with a little attention span is you may want to remind them to go before they get lost in
1: playing. Yeah. it's quickly becoming a teenager too, so.
0: Exactly. Got so that. then there's that. Um, and then, of course, we have um, the bathroom routine with JC, which if you just even mention a word that sounds relatively close to bath, um, he starts going, bath, bath, now, Upstairs? Bath? Upstairs? Mom? Dad? Upstairs? Bath? Upstairs? <laughs> and he just goes into this, like, oh my god, yes! So, like, it's really not that much of a problem with JC just by himself. It's very simple, honestly, pretty dreamlike to an extent. He Once he hears bath, he'll come upstairs, he'll jump in the bath, um... And then just hang out in there, play with his toys, pretend to swim, that sort of thing. And then it will get to the point where he will stand up by himself. And he will go, "Ah, done. And that's it. <laughs> He's done. He's done with his bath. And then that's it. You're done. When it comes to... God, I wish it was that easy. Well, no, no, no. Well, It does get more difficult. And that's the part where I was going to get to. When it comes to washing his hair, that is the only thing that is an issue. Is washing his hair. That boy does not want to get water on his head for anything. Like, if it's not rain, he does not want it on his head. I don't know why. Like, he's he's okay in showers. But any other time, like, if he's taking a bath and you try to, like... We've tried what you said, Brian. That trick that you, you talked about. We have one of those pictures. Does nothing. Absolutely nothing but, like... Like, it's easier to direct the water, but it's still a problem. Like, I don't know why, but that is literally the only issue. And then we have scenario number three. And scenario number three is usually on a weekend or on during the summer or something where the boys decide, you know, we're going to take a shower together or whatever. We're going to take a bath together. And they're both just there playing with their toys and playing with bubbles and playing with this and playing with that. And then at that point, it's really not a problem. They're taking a bath. They're taking their baths, They're taking their showers. They're taking whatever. And they're just having fun and nobody really cares or has a timetable. So not really much of an issue. So luckily... I don't have that problem. I'm, I mean, the, really the only problem we've ever had was how much time AJ can take because he gets distracted if you let him. And basically, JC getting his hair wet. Those are the only issues I've ever had with uh, bathing, luckily.
1: Um, I wonder if we were like this, where we had like crazy things that we did in the bath. Oh, oh I'm I mean, sure that's, we did. That's, that's my parents'
0: I'm sure we did. You know what I would like to do one day? I would like to see if we can do an episode of Gaming Dad, but where we, like, interview our own parents. And, like, record that, too. And it would probably be a pre-recorded interview rather than have them on the show. Um, But I think that'd be interesting. Ooh, maybe a Patreon tier. All right, we'll talk about this a little bit more, Ryan. I
2: don't
1: know, Killian, what do you think? He's... Yeah? Yeah? sorry he's playing with the mic the whole time
0: oh you're fine no worries so all right with that said now that we have our cheat code of the week uh thanks to james remember everybody uh to check us out every week each and every single wednesday on podcast services everywhere uh, because we are posted make sure to subscribe rate us if for this and other shows make sure to check out our website at geekandcast.com make sure to check out our twitter at geekandcast um is there anything you want to plug ricky
2: I can't believe I'm actually going to say this, but Monster Hunter.
0: Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Yeah, Monster Hunter. Is there anything you want to plug, Brian? Let me guess. Oh, Monster Hunter. No. Yeah. Yeah, Monster Hunter. Monster Hunter. Yeah, I thought so. Um, Come
2: on, on, Chris. (laughs) I'll
0: I'll help you out, man. I'll walk you through it. (laughs) What? Monster. Oh no! I know. I already told you. I'm gonna play. Now that I have somebody on PlayStation to play with, that is also a noob who really doesn't know what he's doing, and even though he's played 30 hours, is only level five. Hell yeah! I'll join you <laughs> because we'll learn this together. So I'm okay with that. Um, I, I'm. We may still stream it. Um. We'll probably post that on, as I mentioned, follow us on Twitter at Geek Cast. <laughs> you can follow us also on our Facebook group, which we'll probably post it if we're streaming there as well. And, um, oh, our Facebook group is, uh, go to facebook.com and then just search for Gaming Dad 101. It's literally the only group called Gaming Dad 101. Um... And then, as I was saying, follow us on GeekAndCast.com. Check out our Twitter at GeekAndCast. Brian can be found at GamingDadBrian on Twitter. And Ricky can be found at pickygamerdad. If you want to follow me, you can find me at ViskZen on Twitter as well. Thank you very much, everybody. We will see you next Wednesday.
1: Can you say toodles? Say
2: toodles. (laughs) It's closer now.